show. Episode 655, Brain Candy Podcast, Susan and Sarah Louise. Susan and Sarah Louise. What if I just changed my name legally to Sarah Louise? (laughs) I would be so happy. I should have. Well, you know when, like, you change your name back after getting divorced and, like, like, I should have just, like, or maybe, like, when I get married again, it'll just be pick one. I'll be like, Sarah Louise Rice. They're like, you don't want to change your name? Nope. Here's what I'm doing. Yeah, I like the sound of this. Yeah. Um, first of all, yeah. Before you begin, yes. Um, we had a brainiac ask a question that I wanted to remember to say to you. Oh. Um, because remember we were talking about the nude beaches. Yes. 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 Michelle, the brainiac, wants to know. She has near her home um, a nudist colony, like a community. Yes. Yes. And she wanted us to talk about nudist communities and then she's like they even have kids there and Mm -hmm. that is something that i had never thought about Mm -hmm. because the only people i've ever seen on tv at these places are all like old and disgusting Mm -hmm. and not youthful in any Mm way um so what are your thoughts Hmm. let's get this started with a bang yeah the thing that that has has really stood out. I remember I watched a documentary about a nudist colony with Louis Theroux. Theroux? Yeah, uh, yeah, Theroux. He's, he's so cute. I he is cute, guy. little so British much. nerdy guy. Oh, I love him. Um, and he went to a nudist colony, and one of the things that really stands out is the lack of attention on the actual nudity and uh-huh. how it's very. It's almost the last thing that you think about. And I think about um, the rates of teenage pregnancy and sexual assault and um, even STDs in countries where there is more sexual education and where uh, things like that, things like, uh, I don't know, being comfortable with the body or kind of taught at a younger age this is like in Mm -hmm. scandinavia countries this happens in like norway and finland like they have very very low rates because it's much more mm, it's not as like stigmatized it's not as puritanical yes Uh and i think that when i think we're looking through this maybe with the lens of like what naked means in a like US oh, you're saying culture. we're sexualizing. Yes. I uh-huh. think we're sexualizing what, because in the same way, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, like the untouched people who maybe never wore bras and <laughs> nobody was like, ooh, titties. Like it was just like <laughs> no big deal because they grew up with it and it's just like another part of the body. And okay, okay. It, it's just normalized. And so I think the problem is maybe when you are at that age where children are very curious and they recognize that how they do things is different from maybe how other kids do things. It would be hard for them to, I think, go to a, a school where, you know, it wasn't a nudist colony and, and kind of take some of those same behaviors. It's, I, I think there's just a, a difficult age <laughs> and that's then, your only problem with this well, scenario because what are you going to say it's not like is there a problem with i don't it's it's i, I don't understand know. it's your, hard to the say philosophical that, points yes, that you're philosophical making. but if we're in 
the culture and society that we live in right now in the yeah. United States, yeah. and those people have to like. You As gotta, a member of society, we yes. all have norms that yes. are expected. Yes, and laws. Yes, and furthermore, we have holes in our body. Even uncontacted people wear right. like a diaper situation. Right. Like yeah. The vagina is a like, hole into the my entire body. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like let's keep that covered and like, you know, for yeah, just we don't for want seepage. <laughs> yes. Oh God. See? For real. Yes. It's, it's terrible. not just about like liberation. There are it's actual I can practical... never like wear like no chonies. Like people who go like, no like commando and no underwear. I can't do it. You haven't said chonies in a long time. I, I say it like all the time when I'm like talking about <laughs> underwear. IRL. Yeah. Okay, so that I just wanted so, to get yeah, out of the I, way. I, I, I do really see a problem with you know like children being exposed yeah. to just being exposed and being exposed to. <laughs> you know, I definitely think, but I, I, All right. I don't know. It feels it's I complicated. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. You know, and every family is different, but I feel like if it were me and in my family with my children, when children got to the age where they start asking or like learning about different parts, I think in it we have, I also would want to teach my children that there's like the boundaries around that. And I think in order to teach the boundaries around what is your private area just for you and just for <laughs> that would yes. you'd have to model that and you'd have to like start and that would be the age where I would be like okay nobody's taking baths together anymore nobody's like you know everybody's yeah. putting some clothes on and it's not <laughs> like family naked time everybody's that wouldn't like- be I wouldn't be a naked family as much as I love being nude yeah I wouldn't be a naked family yeah, I have to keep telling Adam because he's like real into nudity and he'll wander around with his giant wiener hanging no, this everywhere. Is, this is what? In, because now I'm like, yeah, but Lincoln and Adam can be naked together. Who cares? <laughs> well, but Lincoln doesn't like it. And he's always like, Dad, put pants on, you know. Yeah. And so I'm like, Dad, he's not a, a little kid anymore. He's right. A, uh, you got to like change. You got to modify yeah. as they age. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And then, yeah, it's like the respect, like they're learning because it's what, it's what you're learning about at that time that you become very like, this is how it is. No, you put pants on because I wear pants and like, I just learned that and I have to wear pants where I go to school. So if I have to do that, then you're breaking the rules. And they, they can't recognize that, that different rules apply in different situations, different people, things are nuanced, blah, blah, blah. blah. They can't do that. So we have to kind of have across the board. Like I even feel that way about swearing. Like my mom was talking about how Lincoln told her that all the kids in his class swear and she's like, that's so terrible. She's like, I know you hate when I say nowadays, like how, you know, how people are nowadays. But I'm like, to me, it's not so much about whether he squares or not. It's more teaching, like, where is words are appropriate? Yes. And where do, what is disrespectful? And, yeah. you know, because yeah. to be honest with you, if he were to swear sometimes, I wouldn't be worked up about it as long as it were within the confines of respectable behavior. Yeah. It's almost like... First, you have to be really strict with the rules. Yeah, and then you exactly can very well put. Yeah, that's that's how 
Yes. Well, I've never been a parent, but I have sure as heck been a camp counselor many times. <laughs> you sure as heck you, have. I have to, I have, I run a tight ship that those first two days and then fun counselor comes out. I'm like, really? Oh, That's let's, interesting. Let's yeah. Oh, I am so strict mm-hmm. in the beginning. So strict because you, you, want, you can't, you can't come in all loosey goosey with the rules because then you never get them back. That is so true. I come in so like, uh-uh, we're not going to do any of that in here. And then I follow through on the consequences. And then I was a very they know. And then you they know. Biz- right. Can I'll never just- forget the one time where the little girl, they were 13, and they were like a very difficult age. They were the worst cabin. They had to have like multiple people come in and talk to them about being nice to each other. And there's one girl I could not get to follow dress code. And so finally <laughs> I was just like, no, I'm going to put her trash. I was like, if you can't wear, if you can't dress appropriately, I'll choose what you wear. And so I put a trash bag over her outfit oh, that was inappropriate. And I said, I do not know how to dress myself. Wow, you're like a real ball buster. Well, she learned. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I she wanna... needed a little bit of that. She was like the 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 queen yeah, bee, like mean girl who like she wore she a juicy jumpsuit and brought her purse. You remember when Dooney and Burke was really big? This was like that time. Imagine yeah. pink juicy jumpsuit on a 13-year-old with crop top at camp, which all the way, ter- all, already terry cloth and dirt don't mess well. <laughs> And a little Dooney and Burke, like, mini purse. Everybody who grew up in this time period knows exactly this look I'm talking about. Yeah, And I was do. like, oh, no, 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 no. We are not. Ha- this is not going to no. be the guy. This is not going to be the the model for which all the rest of the girls in the cabin yeah. are going to then follow. Like, no, and no, then no, Sarah started Sarah's playing, watch. like, the bugle at 7 a.m., getting them yes. to do calisthenics. Yes. I was like, if you guys can't say nice things about each other, I'm going to make you write essays about nice things about each other. Oh, so I did make one God. person write 500 words about nice things about her cabin mate because she kept saying mean things. So. Oh, my God. I know. This cabin needed it. They were insane. Let me tell you. They said the most hurtful things to these girls. I couldn't right. believe it. It was like main girls on fucking steroids. <sighs> None of this is what I want to talk about today. But anyways. Well, I'll tell you what I did want to talk about, and that is how freaking great caraway pans and bakeware, cookware and bakeware are. I love it. Uh, shout out to my caraway gigantic Dutch oven stove top thing for being the vessel uh, that I used <laughs> yes. to cook the crab oil that I had at... at for my brother's birthday that he said was his favorite meal of all time. Oh, shout so. out to Caraway Cookware yes. for making that yes. possible. Yes. I was just telling Casey, one of our brainiacs, that because she was asking me about it, like, what's the scoop? Is it really worth it? All that. Yeah. I'm like, this stuff is like a forever piece yes. that you yeah. will buy and never have to replace for your kitchen. Yeah. It is somehow magically non-toxic, but also non-stick. Mm-hmm. And so things just slide right out of it. It's such high quality. You can choose colors. Like you can yes. have it match your kitchen, which is adorable <sighs> on top of being amazing. They're pans. They're like Sarah said, the Dutch oven. I use, of course, all the bakeware for my muffins and banana mm-hmm. breads. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Visit carawayhome.com slash brain candy to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash brain candy or use code brain candy at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Yes. And I just updated our website. All of our 
partners mm-hmm. codes are there. If you hear something on the show and you forget, you can just go to the website and find it. And you, those, whenever you use our codes and URLs, it helps us so much. And I'm so thankful every time you guys do that. Yeah. And now before you carry on, Sarah, I do want to have, take a moment and just say, I would like to have like a moment of appreciation for how awesome Sarah is. What? I keep telling her lately because I just <laughs> been like struck by it repeatedly recently. I think it was sparked because we've been watching that dumbass challenge untold docuseries on which Sarah's presence was basically erased, even though she was on 10 goddamn torturous seasons. And it is like you aren't even on the show until I guess episode four. Am I the only woman who's won first place twice? I maybe not anymore. What do you mean by first place? Like, well, because it used to be teams. Right. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, teams, maybe it's just partner or individual. Because I think maybe Car Maria won twice. Does well, no matter that? what, you are yeah. an MVP and like Thanks. one of the most so incredible challengers of all time and one of the most incredible people of all time. And it sickens me when good people are treated mm. like garbage and it really bothers me that you were not included enough. And when you are, it's as an, an accessory to toxic behavior of people I won't even name. Yeah. Um, and I so, just think you're, you're so a really sweet. special person and you deserve so much more than you get. You're going to make me cry. It's so nice. I'm just this an ambassador like, of gosh, the truth over here. Everybody should be so lucky to have a friend like Susie who just like always <laughs> makes you feel seen and validated. Yeah, so Ugh. people are like leaving negative reviews like, why won't you let Sarah go to camp in peace? It's like, listen, she's I love Sarah. Like, roll her eyes at me sometimes. It's my favorite thing about her too. Just shh, everybody. But anyway, you're great. And I just wanted you to know uh, it's been on my mind and on my heart. Sue's. And I, I think you ought to know it. Thank you. You make me feel so good and so seen. I hope you, you really feel it, though, for real. Didn't make me seen. I do. I really do. I'm very, very lucky to have uh, people in my life mm-hmm. that I have chosen and who, like, see the real me. Shout out to Eli and his wonderful family, too. That like, Yes. I feel like they get to, like, they like, see the real Sarah and, you know. It's nice. It's a really I hope nice they thing. value you forever and know what a treasure you are. Well, I'm just going to keep making my homemade pita bread. That hopefully <laughs> is. That's is. your secret. And they'll keep inviting me over for great meals and I'll keep bringing the pita bread. Okay. Yes, well, whatever yes. it You're takes. You're so sweet. I love so you. Sweet. I love you. Anyway, uh, it's your show, do, so go ahead. Do you want to? Do you want to learn some stuff? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, some fun things in the news. Did you see uh, that NASA? sent a, mm, I don't know what you call it, a thing, a device, a a probe, a spacecraft Mm -hmm. into an asteroid. Oh, yeah. To bump it off course in like the most sci-fi, save the world, Independence Day. Yeah, it was. It was the same thing ever. Cinematic. Totally. They were like, okay, guys. I think what happened is like some people at NASA watched that movie, Don't Look Up. And they were like, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah, for real. Turns out 
nobody cares about this. And I think that people also didn't get it when they watched the movie. Right. Uh-oh. We should probably yeah. put a plan together because this might not yeah. be good for us in the long run. Because I heard, like, one of these NASA people on NPR talking about it, and they were... I felt like they were trying to convince the audience, like, no, for real, guys, like, asteroids hit the Earth sometimes. Right. <laughs> They're like, remember the dinosaurs? Yeah. Like, this could come and we can't do anything about it. And, like, and then we just, like, we'll take selfies with it. it so, it's like, when they did in, it, was it, like, um, full-blown success or was it, like, oh, we have some things we gotta... No, full-blown success. No kinks. This, this was, this was a, well... It was success within a very specific, like, I don't know, range of, of, we we chose the, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. We chose the asteroid. We, like I'm on the team. But if my boyfriend can say fantasy, like talk about we with all of his fantasy football players, I can talk about we with NASA because that's like my fantasy team. Okay. just me and all the other astronauts. <laughs> uh, so they chose an asteroid that was like based on its size and based on the math they did that they could successfully run this thing. They called uh, the asteroid was called Dimorphos, um, and they ran the DART, this the double asteroid redirection test (DART) mission. Which also, do you think that they like? <laughs> Which do they come up with first? Yeah, right. right Are they right. like, we got to make a really good acronym for this. Like the <laughs> DART mission, it's such a good name for it. Um, so yeah, they wanted to alter the path of the asteroid after like slamming into it. And so they they had to pick one that was the right size. And it's about, uh, uh, what does it say? 2,560 feet across. Wow. Yeah. That's it. That's okay. it seems big, but I feel like that's not a very big How big was that dinosaur one? Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. It says like <laughs> it, in the like how big was the dinosaur one? I don't know if we could even I think they do know the answer it. to that. Yeah, they do. do they? they Yeah, I remember reading it. Um, which wow. you would think I would have picked up on like what they ate during one of these books that I read about dinosaurs. Remember when I was like, oh. what do those guys eat anyway? She's like, Buffalo? actually, I do know the size of the exact size of the asteroid that killed us. <laughs> <laughs> like it was smaller than you think, but I think it was bigger than that. Yeah. It feels like, cause like they, they picked a, a small one because it, you have to, I think it's very, very, ex- obviously it's very expensive to send up something that's going to, you're just going to like okay. crash into it right and we don't have the testing equipment on the asteroid to even determine if it was successful the only way to determine its success we do notice that it changed course but it's going to take a few weeks for all the data to come back to see how far it went off course how but so far they say that the math they did is right so if they they have to just calculate how hmm. much we would have to increase the size of the right. object that we're sending at into this thing so they picked one where it was like i don't know miniature with yeah like we could scale this up but also it's large enough to show that it could like i can't believe it doesn't it just like it's just a shove in another direction it's not right obliterating it it's just it's just like 
Like, yeah. just like, I was listening to a comedian talk about this on, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And she was saying, like, imagine that poor asteroid is late to wherever it was going. <laughs> Can you imagine right. the asteroid getting there and being like, you will not believe what happened to me. I was just walking along, minding Funny. my own business. Something right. just came along. This is going to be like the dinosaur question where I sound really stupid, but like, what is the um, thing that makes an asteroid go? <laughs> where does it get Fucking its energy? A. Is it like fire? Uh, I think. <laughs> Here we go. I don't. So asteroid and comet, I do know those. I think a comet is the one once it enters into our atmosphere and it when it comes into the atmosphere is when you can see the tail. I think like it. I don't, I mean, but Wait, like, what is it? What's the me? What's a meteor? There's, there's difference. We have to look this up. Asteroid, <laughs> this comet, so and meteorite. One of them is, a, it breaks off of something. I think an, a meteor may, might be the one that, or maybe the asteroid is one that broke off something. We should look this up. We definitely need to look this up. You guys don't have to tell us what we got wrong. We already know right. all of Asteroid, it. Asteroid, <laughs> meteor. Just save your breath. And comet. Don't worry. We're not the first people to look this up. Yeah. Uh, so a meteor is simply an asteroid that has landed on Earth or attempts to land on Earth, but is vaporized by the Earth's atmosphere. So meteor and comet, same thing. It starts oh. as an asteroid, then it ends up as a meteor, meteorite. Uh, then asteroid is a rocky object smaller than planets that are left over from the formation of our solar system. What? When a cloud of dust, when the cloud of dust... No, that's not right. When the cloud of gas and dust collapsed, deformed our sun, much of the remaining material went into forming the rocky terrestrial and gas giant planets orbiting our star. Smaller dust fragments that never made their way into planets were left behind as asteroids. So it's basically garbage, leftover stuff from the formation of our solar system. It totally is. And so comets are also composed of material left over from the formation of our solar system. However, asteroids formed towards the inner regions of our solar system where temperatures were hotter and thus only rock or metal could remain solid without melting. Comets formed at farther distances from the sun and they have temperatures that were low enough for water to freeze. Okay, comets, cold, asteroids, hot. Wow. Remember the cool. C, Comet Cold. This is good. Okay. They I think did we say got this it. in the article I read too, that this is an asteroid. So we, we were able to, it's like just rock, like that hot rock, but they are worried that if it is a comet with ice on it, I'm saying comet because I know that now, it, it, something with ice on it, that we couldn't use the same math, that they don't know if it would work as well. Oh. I don't know why, but... Huh. And they also said we could get this, this isn't, this was a solid asteroid. And some of them are very loose and can kind of split and break apart. So if we bumped it and then it shattered and broke into more pieces. That that, could get worse. Oh, for Pete's sake. Just rain down. I'm glad there are smart people who can figure this shit out because I'm lost. Yeah. Yeah. it does seem like we haven't had a NASA win in a while. I know. There's been really no reason for me to like bust out the sweatshirt. Oh, they could use your support, Sarah. Well, I was kind of mad at them after the the spill that when I found out, uh, watched that documentary, the dark in the darkness of the valley about the nuclear plant that was in the neighborhood I grew up in. Well, yeah, it was a NASA testing facility, and NASA are 
the NASA team, whatever, I think it's JPL and NASA and mm-hmm. JPL is like Jet Propulsion Laboratories. It's right near there too. And uh, they are trying to get it um, named a historical site because then you don't have to do any cleanup. Oh, for Pete's sake. Right. So I'm mad at them for, for not wanting to clean up their spill. This was like the largest oh. nuclear like spill or disaster in like the U.S. history. And nobody knows about it because it just they just was like, Nothing to see over here, folks. And oh my like, God. And then they're That's like, oh, awful. no, no, it's historic. It's fine. And it's really bad. Oh, yeah. man. Sarah and NASA are breaking up, you guys. I know. So, like, I needed them to, like, come through and, like, do something good. For wow. Us, I hope you guys can bury the hatchet. Yeah. I'm hoping it's and just the nuclear a waste. team, you know. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is an aside, but I saw this image of um, frogs from... Uh, Chernobyl, I believe it was, and yeah. black. Yeah, it's and trouble. It's the same species that's still. supposed to be green. Yeah. Why are they black? It's so bad. It's really spooky. It's like some something to protect them. Took all of the or or their species recognized that nature wasn't co- that color anymore, and they just changed oh, to man. match the environment. Oh my god! How that is freaky. I don't have any information on that, so we can't talk anymore about that. No, but that I hear what you're saying. It's so disturbing. Yeah. I'll um, tell you what's not disturbing. Yes, please. <laughs> Therapy. N- the least disturbing thing. The least. It is so not disturbing. Man. You need well, therapy. I, will I need say therapy. Sometimes it does. You got to like dump out the closet. Yeah. In like drawer before you organize it. But don't worry, that's part of the process. <laughs> yeah. And the therapist will help you with that. Yeah, man. Everybody needs it. Everyone needs someone to talk to. Um, and now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a great option if you are looking for some solutions, looking for some guidance, and especially if you would prefer to do therapy from the comfort of your own home um, and have that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And this is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. And when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash brain candy today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash brain candy. Such a great option um, for you. If you're thinking of going to therapy, which you should be, yeah, everybody Speaking should. of therapy, how's your uh, how's this changes everything with therapy, Jeff? It's great. I love it. I love talking therapy. Like love uh you know, it's it's cool to hear another therapist's yeah, like, kind of techniques and like their tools of trade or even like you know, metaphors and analogies that of similar things that we both have that we get to kind of talk about and break down and it's so helpful and he's got such great like bullet point um uh, like ideas that kind of you know break things down and make things pretty simple and straightforward and every single episode i leave going oh my god this does change everything yeah i bet you learn a lot i learned so much Mm -hmm. and it's so fun yeah and And now i'm not as uh we're like on episode seven now uh and now I don't get as nervous with him. In the beginning, I was so nervous. People really, were like, like oh butterflies? My God, 
Yeah, because I'm like, mm-hmm. I like, I really respect him as a therapist, as a person. And like, you know, I just want to do a good job. I'm talking about something that's important to me. And then when I get nervous, I just talk a lot and then interrupt all the time. And so people were like, this Sarah, she's nuts. And I'm like, no, I'm just nervous. And this is my coping strategy. <laughs> so. Well, I mean. Now it's great. Now it I'm takes relaxed. a minute to get that vibe too with a co-host, especially yeah. when you're not even in the same room. Right. Um, and we've never even met in real life. Yeah. So oh, we have to have like a fun meetup sometime. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You need to meet that guy sometime, but I'm glad that it's going well and people are loving it. Yeah. We all love need it. Help. And it's kind of fun to, um, I like, I, I, I joke, I'm like, Eli's getting like a, a cheat sheet. Like, you know, yeah. I, get to, I talk about relationship things like with me, I, you know, my past and things that, you know, I worry about or things that I work on or things that have, whatever it is, boundaries, yeah. all that. And he's like, oh, 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 that's good. Oh, that's good. I'm glad he's fine with it because, you know, oh, you're an open book. Yeah. And some, I get, yeah. I bet some guys would be like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, we talk about it too. He, we talked about like what, what are and, you comfortable and, with? Yeah. Yeah. And there, mm-hmm. I talk about so much. There's so much that never makes it on there that's just special for just <laughs> Just special. Just special. Um, What else are you going to teach me today? I I know you're going to love this. Okay. Did you know that there was a serial killer database? You probably did. There is a man who has been putting this together. Um, He is a forensic psychology teacher at Radford Mm -hmm. University named Michael G. Amond? A-A-M-O-D-T. Okay. Um, and since the 1990s, he has been creating a profile of serial killers, including their timeline, life history, basic demographic information, and all the information about their crimes. And the headline of this, you know, first drew me in as they are supposed to do. But then um, I found some really interesting information in it. Um, so it said, and this is something that we've talked about on here. So I always love when studies come out or information comes out and I'm like, oh, we, we, we've been talking about this for years. There's evidence. Um, the, this database is showing that there has been a strange decline. I think for us, not so strange because we've talked about why in serial killers since the 1980s. Yeah. That like they peaked in 1984. I was like peak serial killer heyday. Ah. Uh, and now steady decline, but the part of this that I kind of pushed back on was there, the articles to explanation or that for why, what did they say? So they, the researchers had put this decline in this article. It says they put the decline down to several factors. Uh, part of it could be there's better detection by law enforcement, uh, and, they like me so serial killer or serial killers with financial motives are like less likely to go undetected so they either get caught before meeting the definition of a serial killer or they put off murdering altogether for financial gain instead which we've kind of talked about how things are like switching to a different kind of crime yeah but uh it said like there's also been a decline in opportunity for serial killers to like find their victims because there's less uh, hitchhiking (laughs) That's so specific. What? I was like, uh, or there are way more. I think it's the, it's the media. It's the, everything is on camera. I didn't mention one thing about 
mm, technology. They or- didn't. Nope. No, oh, well, one that's time. insane. Of course, that's why. Because maybe yeah. they're putting that under the umbrella of detection, where they said the police are better at detecting. It's but, I mean, better that's detection a... by law enforcement, right? Like, that, but that seems cameras like are we're, everywhere. It's better policing. And then they said someplace they said, yeah, it's not just better policing that's that led to the crime. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't think the cops are the ones who are. To, to the degree to which that is true, I wouldn't put it on specifically police officers. I put it on the technology that we have with finding DNA and uh, uh, the ability yes, yes, to yes. know who did something because of that kind of advancement. Not like these sleuths are getting real yeah. crafty or something. Yeah. And they said that it could be because we have increased jail time. This was basically oh, like, please. I'm like, did a cop write this? Yeah, right. Yeah. For yeah, real. Exactly. So that, that, that kind of was something that I wanted to talk on here about and, and okay. discuss like why well, that decline has it, In fairness, it is remarkable how frequently hitchhiking did happen in, with these crimes. Right. Like it, it really was a thing. Yeah. So well, this is before Uber. Yeah. My mom hitchhiked, hitchhiked to the hospital because our car broke down when she went into labor with me and no. was picked up by a Volkswagen Beetle Why full of three boys. I, I know I've shared this Never. before. Have I not shared? It, she was picked up by a group of guys who were coming back from a Bob Dylan concert. And I think it was Bob Dylan. Are you, and are you, is this Mad Libs? What are they, we doing right now? They all crammed into the front seat and like sat in the front seat. My mom laid in the back and they drove, my mom said it was the most silent car ride ever. <laughs> they, nobody knew what the fuck to say. So they all in a yellow bug drove her to this the is hospital. Insane. And that was how I got to the hospital when I was like about to come into the world. I am so glad you made it here to earth. Me too. It didn't get killed by one of these serial killers that were <laughs> really prominent the year I was born. Yeah. And for real. I was born peak serial killer time. And I, it does make sense to a certain degree because you know how they say that trifecta of means, motive, and opportunity. I think for a lot of these guys, opportunity is like the part that's missing. They want to, uh-huh. and you know they can. They have the weapon, but like, when are you just going to pick up some rando right. and fucking kill them? So hitchhiking was handy for those guys. Yeah, for, for those would-be killers. Welding instructor Alex Declare knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go, look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, 
The learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Right. One of the other things I thought was really interesting was the change in the percentage of female serial killers. Tell me. So in the 1930s, roughly a third of serial killers were women. Then it dropped down to 6% since 1980. And I think even that, there are some things that we can kind of unpack and maybe infer from that. What? So also in the information, the breakdown of the crimes, it talked about um, who the victims are more likely to be. The victims for women are more likely to be family and male serial killers are non-family members and female killers are more likely to kill for, uh, well, they said financial gain is the primary motive. I would disagree with that. I would say freedom and financial freedom and so like getting out of whatever situation they're in and male serial killers are more likely to kill for their own enjoyment. That's fucked up. Really fucked up. But so what, what I think this has to do serial... with more... Oh, what do I mean by serial killer? A serial killer that kills her family because if it's all at once, that wouldn't be a serial killing. That's a mass killing. Yeah, they said... Uh, so the FBI's definition of a serial killer is people who unlawfully killed two or more victims in separate events. Okay. So I think even if you were to like... Kill you know, your brother and then come back and kill your father. That's so weird though. That could be Who's doing considered, that? I, you know, a Lizzie Borden. I don't know. <laughs> she did. That's true. Uh, Cause I, I feel like if you were to look at the laws around women's rights, that we would see a decrease in serial killers and female crime. Yeah, like it's that, that word motive. They don't have as much yes. of a motive now. Right. Mm-hmm. As we saw an increase in rights and freedom for women. Okay. I think well, that's Well, it looks like there's going to be a few more coming up because uh, oh. rights, rights are going down. down the I mean, right, it's like that, that kind of, of... Ooh, that's actually like... Well, maybe they mean... Because um, frequently when women do kill, it'll be, you know, their kids. Like, but yeah. they usually do it all at once, not like over. Oh, God. I'm just saying. Right. 6%. That's very few. Yeah. Of the killers out there. Right. Dudes. Why the fuck are you murdering someone? It's ridiculous. Don't get me started. This is what I felt the other day when that headline came out about the, um, I mean, systemic and awful abuses within the uh, women's soccer organization. Yeah. Just basically, not exactly like the gymnastics, but along (sighs) the same lines. And I'm just like, really? Guys? There's no place sacred and there's nothing safe. Nothing. My God, stop the raping and all the fucking nonsense. It's insane. The only thing that is the remedy for this is more women empower and more women, uh, you know, respect for, like, this is, we see a 
anytime that I do uh, <clears throat> lectures on sexual abuse or sexual assault and we go over like who are the perpetrators, you can't predict who will do this and there isn't a one-size-fits-all model, but we do see higher rates of sexual assault and sexual abuse in cultures and in uh, communities where there are less rights for women or women are seen as more property and have less value. Mm-hmm. So we need to give women more value, not more value, just value. <laughs> right. My God. Just the same value. Yeah. You mean maybe like they're humans? Giving some, giving guys some, some other ways to deal with their anger. Yeah, it's really disturbing. It's a really, really bad combo when, like, we... I don't even know how they're coming up with that 6%, to be honest, because... Right. When's the last time you saw a serial killer? Golden State was probably the last one that was, like, captured or... Yeah, it said to... Uh, 2010 to 2018 was the last years with completed da- data in the uh, database at the time of like the last update. Yeah. And at that time, so 2018, there were just 43 serial killers. Right. So what? One of them was a lady? And 23 who killed three or more. So 23. Oh, it doesn't even fall into, that's not even in there. Like, I bet right. none. Yeah, that's yeah. And I bet you the the two women that were are just those kind that like she killed her mom one day and then went to bed and then the next morning killed her dad. It's like yeah, that's not right. what we think of. And then when you we find think out that they've killing. been like uh, you know keeping her locked in a basement, abusing her for years, right. or like that you know like the woman who like killed her her. Uh, I don't want to call it her sexual abuser. We should not use that term. What because it's not hers. We should not personalize people who are sex. We only do that with sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Her rapist, her whatever. No, it has to be the person who assaulted her. It well, has what, to be. What, we would say like her murderer or his murderer, wouldn't we? We might, but what it, what that kind of, it, yeah, the, it, it, it is yeah. victim blaming language. Hmm. It falls into the category of that because for the victim, it does something. You wouldn't say my uh, my burglar, my burglar. Yeah, it because it's your own body that's been assaulted. It feels like a per, like, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's important for the healing process to not personalize that. Could we just say identify. the rapist? Yes. Okay. For sure. So just change the article to yes. the. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. It, uh, that was brought to my attention after I had, I was speaking at Georgetown university and it was for, um, Biden's, uh, uh, campaign thing that he was doing for uh stopping sexual assault on campuses and so we were talking about um sexual abuse and i was sharing my story and um uh after i gave my speech one of the other presenters came up and point and it was a male too who was a male survivor and pointed that out and i thought it was really interesting that the male survivor 
hmm. recognized how that was identifying with the victim and was like, no, that's that's him, not me. Yeah, because it's like possessive. Yeah, and like didn't, but the female victims often survivors, it was, it's almost, hmm. it's just different. I just thought that was interesting, but he pointed that yeah. out. And ever since then, it, I've really made it a point because he's like, you're letting that person win. You're, you're letting that be, mm-hmm. you know, in okay. a way. Yeah, it's too empowering. So, okay. Yeah, so to switch it, it's kind of like taking a little bit of that power away and kind of distancing yourself from that, that mm-hmm. role of being like a survivor of an attack instead. But. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whenever, just going back to the database, whenever um, you were reading about it, did it just give the same old things that are predictors of this? Oh, it more looked at it more looked at patterns of behavior uh, with the actual crimes themselves. Like they broke down the crimes, and I think the it was a short article that was kind of just focused on the. Decline. That's yeah. what I was like, did a okay. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, but they also talked about like some of the other breakdowns of crime. So like uh, how many of them ate their victims? Eight, eight, uh, no, sorry, 1.8% of male serial killers did and 1.3% of female serial killers did. Those numbers are so close that it almost makes me feel like, okay, that's that's like a... The margin of error. Fetish that, yeah. Oh, like, right, or, yeah. Like part of the... That whatever it is, and then the other one is uh, I'm I'm apologize too, like sorry for all this gruesome talk for people <laughs> listening. Necrophilia occurred in 3.4 percent of male serial killers, but only 0.4 percent of female serial killers. Because come on, yeah, right, right. Good grief, yeah. And uh, they also have whether they drank their victim's blood. And 0.7% oh, of male killer, serial killers did. And 0.4% of female killers, serial killers did. What the Which fuck? is like that one person who like thinks they're a vampire. <laughs> right. Who watched like Twilight Because like, if you really look at the numbers, they're... And also it wasn't specific on whether this was per year mm-hmm. or just... This, are we counting the same numbers? Like, uh, say you're a serial killer, you kill one person in 2010, and you kill one person in 2018. Are we counting that as yeah, they would one? Or are we counting that as separate ones? <laughs> so, in the 80s, it said there were 150 serial killers who had killed two or more victims. So, if you have 150 and 0.07 are male serial killers, that's one dude. That's one, one vampire. That's <laughs> one vampire. That's it. Right. Okay. Thank you for and that. And the other one is probably like his accomplice, like the female who was like, okay, I don't know, into. Uh, yeah, she's just trying to impress her weird Twilight boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What's the What's the one interview with a vampire? Yeah, they were <laughs> just really into Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt at right. the time, and and that <laughs> took it too uh-huh. far. Yeah, it was just like. Gosh, okay. Fantasy. Well, thank you for that info. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just I really pushed back on the part or the part that I was like, we got to talk about this was the why the explanation for why that like good policing and longer time in prison was what was doing this. I feel right. like they've just switched and they're not. It's like we've said they're not killing people. They're there's way more mass destroying. They're destroying them financially or would you say there's way more what mass shootings now mass. Oh, yeah. Oh. <gasps> Oh, that is another thing that Mm -hmm. I wonder, I I would imagine that the motivation is different. Mm. Mass killings feel like the motivation. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and almost in the way that you've talked to me about some of the serial killers you've interviewed, and for people who are maybe new to the show, yes, (laughs) you heard that correctly. (laughs) Susie interviews serial killers. Right. And so you are like the expert on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, They seem to have more of an urge Uh where it's not driven by anger or rage. And and it feels like mass shooters are often um, angry at not the individuals themselves they're killing, like society as a whole or uh, something systemic that these are casualties. Exactly right. But I bet you... I don't know this, but I would imagine that some of those people, those that we, we call them incels, the, peop- mm-hmm. the people that feel like they're not getting out of life what they've been promised as their male birthright, like, you know, sex yeah. and whatever else. Right. Um, <clears throat> I bet you they would have gone down the serial killer route maybe right. in the 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but yeah. now it's just sort of like, it's almost a trend. You know, and there's a lot of copycatting and like egging on on the internet and stuff like that. And in a way, that was kind of going on in the peak of serial killer, like in the 80s. Like they say, we were kind of... They were glorified. Yes, we Mm -hmm. absolutely. And then you saw, oh, that's totally, it's just switched. Yeah. And maybe it's more of a, like an online presence. And I wonder if that sense of community in a way... Yeah, that it's been it's a dark thing online. I I loved the book. Um, it's not about murder and stuff like that, but it's called "It Came from Something Awful," and it's about this these online communities, 4chan, and all these things where they they congregate mm-hmm. and then feed off of each other, and then they become nihilistic and um, oftentimes violent. Um, and it is fascinating because it's important to know about it. So I was really glad I read it, but it's so troubling. Yeah, it really is. Ooh. What's it called again? It came from something awful. I think there was a website called something awful, like way back in the day. And so yes. it's like a play on that. Oh God. <laughs> Did I you frequent that? that? Yeah. No. I ha- oh, I didn't frequent it, but it, I, I mean, there was that time where, it was like junior before junior high. I want to say like fifth, sixth grade, where like kids are just curious anyway. And it was right when all those really creepy sites started popping yeah. up, where they allowed like I can't even say these Gru- things out loud. Gruesome, yeah, like really gruesome yeah. photos, and they would like categorize them by. Uh, and I remember just like not being able to unsee that stuff. That that. Yeah, really and so this book traces the, the the rise of these communities from that period on the internet. Wow. Yeah. What a dark, dark period. 
Yeah. It's the same as time as that, um, you know, most hated man on the internet. Right. Ugh, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Okay. One more thing that I want okay. to tell you before we wrap it up. Uh, this is a fun one that I think you will, eh, maybe it'll make us frustrated, but what doesn't? <laughs> uh, turns out that Kelly Clarkson and Nietzsche were wrong. <laughs> That's not something you hear all the time. What doesn't kill out, you oh. does not make you stronger. Right. Okay. Oh, right. I'm yeah, glad Nietzsche we settled made that. Famous by Kelly Clarkson. Uh, <laughs> so, like, her life wouldn't suck without me? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> okay, so what uh, doesn't so, kill you does not make you stronger. Right. There were studies that looked at the measurement of satisfaction that was collected pre- and post-trauma. like trauma. So one of the difficult things in studying trauma is that you can't make people experience trauma. So all <laughs> right. of the data collecting you do is memories of it or just self-reports, things like yeah. that. So for this study, um, and I don't know, I want to say it was 1,200 students that were studied. They, look, they took undergrad students. This was funny. They, were, they wanted to find people who were at the peak time of trauma in their life. Oh. And that was the time That's I was nice. like, because when I first read it, they, I was like, it just said they wanted to pick people who were, quote, at peak trauma time in their life. Okay. But then they didn't say what age, and <laughs> yeah. then they had to reread it, and it said 100 and, or 1,200 undergraduate students were chosen. I was like, oh, okay, got it. Undergrad wow, students. Wow, that's, that's peak the, that's trauma? That's the most, I guess. Like, I, I would like to also, hmm. bl- like, have an explanation. Like, I could do a whole thing talking about that. But mm-hmm. um, so hmm. they measured their... Uh, like baseline, um, like sense of self and, uh, you know, worth and satisfaction around life before college. And then I think they weighed like two or four years or something like that. And then they measured it again. And some people who were participants really experienced some serious trauma, like, like people had, uh, friends who had died in, uh, drunk driving incidences or, you know, lost family. And, There are cases where people grew from the adversity, but when they looked at the measure between perceived growth by participants and their improvement in psychological measures, there was no correlation. So we we have this idea that if I go through this hard stuff, I will be stronger. But the the reality is we often don't come out of those situations stronger. In fact, we just come out of them. Our goal instead should be returning to baseline. This, it's, they hmm. were talking about in the article how this is a very dangerous idea to have because what it communicates is suffering is good in the long run and people who have experienced trauma are stronger than those who haven't. And what that can do is that people who are still struggling with trauma which is, oh, so many of us, the majority of us, like, how it, it's fucking trauma. People who are still struggling months or years after feel weak or feel like if they haven't experienced some kind of growth. Because we have this idea that, like, if you get through this, like, it's going to make you so strong. Yeah, we can build some resilience and you can have, um, and a, a, Maybe like you can it, learn from experience. Maybe. Yes, there was, there was learning done. There was maybe. That I get. But it, and they can grow from it, but it didn't make you 
better able to survive trauma later. It does not make you. What? I mean, I can't I mean, say I'm surprised, but I'm glad right. that they're saying that. Right. And it said that the, the um, researcher said, uh, nor should growth be thought of as a goal for everyone. For many people, just getting back to where they were before the trauma may be an ambitious enough goal. Okay. I think that's a really good thing to remind ourselves. Yeah. That, like this is that we have this like, you know, you have to do better and be better and grow from it. And blah, blah, blah. like, no, man, just like surviving, not thriving over here. Like, just try to, like <laughs> Right. Low bar lifestyle. Low bar lifestyle, you know. It's Shout so out to true. those gals at the home edit for <laughs> yeah. teaching us, inspiring us. Yeah, it's so true, man. Because, you know, ugh, that whole narrative, I really, I hate platitudes in general. Like, mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason. No, it oh, fucking doesn't. Fuck off. Yeah. And people love that one too, which I'm sure it maybe is comforting to some people mm-hmm. to think, like, I'm going through hell right now, but hopefully. Right. I'll benefit from it. Maybe that's... My mom always likes to say, it's all part of the plan. You can't do anything about it. Funny thing is the plan is written. I'm like, well, I fucking hate this plan. I want a new plan. Who who wrote this plan? No. This isn't my plan. Talk about puritanical. That is a puritanical mindset. That's called predestination. Yeah. And it can reap really um, troubling uh, <laughs> outcomes. I'm not saying for your mom. I'm just saying for people that I know who right. subscribe to that viewpoint, because that's what we were talking about in book club about how then if you think um, your salvation is predetermined, yes. then you will try to present yourself as upright and virtuous because then people will think you're among the Elect uh-huh. is what they called them. Uh-huh. And so then it becomes this thing where people pretend to have it's their shit posturing. together and they pretend like everything is great and I am perfect and I don't. Uh-huh. And it's uh-huh. a toxic mindset. Totally. Within religion, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or mm. or not. Or just anyway. Yeah. So that yeah. is interesting, Sarah. I'm glad that you have shared yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So, so you just so you know. <laughs> like you're just like... Just doing fine. You, like that's it, fine. You do not need to grow or get no. stronger from anything. You you just have to survive. You just have to do it. You just have oh, to God. be. Just and be. you're doing great, crushing it, and winning at life game. That's part of why I love our documentary club and book club, which you guys should all join <sighs> yes, on our website so for any price you want. Um, because it is a community of people who say this kind of thing where it's like, we are all trying our best and we want to be the best versions of ourselves we can, but you do not have to be perfect Nope. and come as you are. Even if that's in your underwear, you are enough. Sometimes Sarah comes pantsless. Yep. (laughs) So I'm not the only one. You are enough as you are is like a powerful, rebellious, revolutionary. You are enough as you are. Especially for women. I'm going to make that our new new doodle. You are enough as you are. For real. Because every message is like, you know me, I'm fucking pumping my lips full of hydraulic acid thinking that's going to solve my problems. We all fall for it. We all buy into this thing that I just need this other thing and then it'll be great. Mm -hmm. And so you need to remind yourself. (sighs) No. Good is good enough. Good enough is good enough. Anyway, wind it down. We covered so much nudism. 
Mm-hmm. My favorite quote of the whole episode was, oh, gosh. Sari cloth and dirt don't mix. <laughs> and you cloth, said it like it was don't. so obvious, but it's kind they of just don't. Once Anybody who's it. thrown a towel down on a dirt Big floor, mistake. Huge. <laughs> you just try shaking that thing off later. Uh, good news, bad news. Good news is we might be safe from asteroids. The bad mm. news is Sarah hates NASA. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's she going with this? I'm I like, just made oh, it up. I was like, what's like the bad news? Bad news know. is we still have no idea what a comet is and we have nothing. We don't <laughs> right. know. I, I, I took in, in, in undergrad, <clears throat> my most traumatic time in life, according to science, <laughs> yeah. but not, right. um, uh, yeah, I was like, also, you could just add, like, you kind of missed some of the, tri- when I read that, I was like, oh, obviously childhood, right? Childhood for everybody, childhood, no. <laughs> right. And, and then I was like, wait, it's not, 30s, nobody, right? not everybody else has trauma, tra- what? Okay, sorry, for back real. to, back to the article. Um, uh, so uh, oh, what the heck was I talking about? I oh, you were saying, like, when you saw it, you thought it has to be childhood. Yeah. Oh, and then I was saying, oh, oh, I was saying in college, <laughs> yes, my most traumatic time in life. When I, at under, undergrad, I had to choose a physical science. You have to take a science. So I signed up for astronomy and, or I guess it was, yeah, it was astronomy. I dropped that class and switched to oceanography the <laughs> next day because that class was so it's horrible when they told me about the size of everything and how i was like yeah nope nope can't yeah. i do understand that we know less about our ocean which also was <laughs> mysterious and i got the lowest grade in any class ever in that class surprisingly like for me too i got a d in astronomy <gasps> oh well i dropped out of astronomy i got a c in oceanography i'm telling you sarah we're not we good don't the like the sciences. unknown. <laughs> no, that's it, right? And like, I was like, this is too much for me. I can't take it. Yeah. I can't. This is too, too much. Too m- They just zoomed out on Earth. And I'm like, no, I'm out. No, thank Bye. you. No, thank you. No, Let's thank get back to hit- hitchhiking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> good old days. No yeah. zooming out. You know, when there were serial killers. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all for now. Just you guys that buy our merch and um, support us. It's so meaningful and we appreciate it. Best. We love you guys so much. We love you. stuff out there. Yes. Thank you all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.